0: What's up guys and welcome back to Worth the Weight. I'm your host, Cookie Miller. And today we are talking about supplements. Now, of course, this is not medical advice. You should always consult with your doctor before adding a supplement into your regimen. But as usual, we are going to break this into a few parts. So we'll talk about supplements for general wellness, supplements for muscle growth, and also supplements for inflammation. So let's get into it. So why do we use supplements? Well, supplements are a good way to support overall health and well-being. They come in so many forms, including vitamins, minerals, herbs, amino acids, and they are intended to supplement the diet by providing nutrients that may lack or be short in supply. So while supplements can be beneficial, it's always important, like I said, to make sure that you're consulting with a healthcare professional before you start anything new, because supplements can have interactions with medications or or even other supplements that you're taking, and we want to make sure that you are being safe. Now, before we get into the exact supplements, I want to talk about supplement quality. You guys have to remember, especially if you're listening from the US, that supplements are not something that are FDA regulated. So there are so many supplements on the market that may just have a small percentage of what's being advertised on the label within the supplement, and therefore it's not potent enough to actually help you. So when you're looking for a quality supplement, you want to look for third-party supplements certifications from reputable organizations such as the NSF International, USP, which is United States Pharmacopoeia, or Consumer Labs. So you want to look for labels like this on the bottle to show that these are supplements that are qualified and certified by these organizations because they do test the supplements for purity, for potency, and also for label accuracy. The next thing that you want to do is check the ingredient list. Make sure that the supplement contains the ingredients that are listed on the label, and also make sure when you're looking at the label that the amounts that are within are also the recommended daily dose of that particular supplement. Next, you want to research the company. So you want to look for a company that has a good reputation and check to see if they have any warning letters or any other regulatory actions against them. The next thing you want to do is consult with your doctor. Your doctor may be able to give you a great recommendation for a brand that is a certified brand that is reputable that you can use or just any other healthcare professional. For me, I tend to go directly to the RD that I work with. So I work with a functional registered dietitian who helps me with my clients and I'm able to go to her and ask her about different types of supplements and brands, which is how I've come up with many of the supplements that I'm going to give you guys today. And on that same note, I would also note that for some supplements, especially if it's a vitamin, there are prescription level vitamins where it's just going to be a higher potency. For example, if someone is deficient in vitamin D, a regular vitamin D that someone can just get at the store that may go up to 5,000 IUs may not be enough to support that person. And so there are prescription level vitamins also that your doctor can prescribe. Now, speaking of vitamin D, let's go ahead and talk about that. Vitamin D falls into one of my recommendations for supplements for general wellness. Vitamin D is essential for maintaining strong bones and teeth, and it helps the body to absorb calcium. So low levels of vitamin D have been linked to an increased risk of osteoporosis, which is a condition that leads to brittle bones and an increased risk of fractures. So that's why it's so important to ensure that your vitamin D levels are sufficient there is some research that suggests that adequate vitamin d intake may also improve muscle strength and function which can decrease the risk of falls in older adults it's important to note that vitamin d can be obtained also through dietary sources so although you can get this as a supplement you can also just get it through the foods that you eat which is the case with a lot of supplements and those foods are going to be things like fatty fish egg yolks, fortified foods, and through sunlight exposure. So just going out and getting sun every day is also a great way to get in your vitamin D. Depending on where you're listening to the podcast, I will have a list, an Amazon list that is in the show notes so that you can go and see exactly what the brands are that myself and my RD recommend. That way, You won't have to listen to me try to figure out what the brand of vitamin D is, what the brand of the probiotic is. You can just go in one place and you'll be able to see not only the supplements we're talking about today, but some other supplements that I may take or clients may take or that my RD has recommended. And just to be clear, I am not affiliated with any of these supplement companies that are being recommended. The next supplement that I'm going to talk about for general wellness is a probiotic. Now, the difference between a probiotic and a prebiotic is that the probiotic is going to introduce new beneficial bacteria to the gut, while prebiotics feed the good existing bacteria already in the gut. So today we're only focusing on the probiotic, but do note that you can take a probiotic and a prebiotic together. That way you get the double benefit. You may benefit from taking a probiotic if you are someone who has digestive issues such as irritable bowel syndrome or IBS or inflammatory bowel disease otherwise known as IBD. Others are people who have weakened immune systems and those who have taken antibiotics or other medications that may have disrupted the balance of bacteria in the gut. Additionally, people with skin conditions like eczema or acne, even some mental health conditions such as depression, there are some studies that show that having a healthy gut microbiome can help with that. Therefore, taking a probiotic may be able to assist with things like depression and anxiety. But again, you wanna make sure that you're talking to your doctor. I know that a lot of people will get on a probiotic or a prebiotic and just kind of stay on it almost indefinitely without getting off. But I actually learned from my RD that we should take six months on and six months off with a probiotic. So if you are going to start taking one, just note that you wanna stop taking it after six months, give yourself a little break and then take it again six months from there. Next up, we have a multivitamin. So I'm sure that many of you have heard of this. I think this is probably the most well-known and common supplement. Taking a multivitamin can provide a range of benefits, including ensuring that you're getting an adequate intake of essential vitamins and minerals, especially if your diet is lacking in certain nutrients. So supporting overall health and well-being by helping to maintain a healthy immune system, improving energy levels, and supporting healthy skin, hair, nails, eyes. This can be especially helpful if you're someone who's pregnant or breastfeeding, or if you have a medical condition that actually affects the way that your body absorbs nutrients. Of course, a multivitamin cannot be used as a replacement for a healthy diet and lifestyle. And in fact, none of these supplements can be used for that. So you have to remember that having a healthy diet that is balanced and also having a lifestyle that is not super sedentary, where you're actually being active, those are your first line of defense. And the supplement is just meant to do just that. It's meant to supplement the changes that you are already making. Now let's move on to talk about inflammation. So inflammation is another issue that I see most commonly. Inflammation is a natural response of the body to injury or to infection, but chronic inflammation can lead to a host of other health problems including heart disease, cancer, and even autoimmune disorders. So there are some supplements that you can take to help reduce inflammation which includes things like omega-3 fatty acids. So that's where we will start. So omega-3 fatty acids, more commonly I think known in reference to would be just fish oils, right, are found in foods such as fatty fish, flax seeds, and even walnuts have been shown to have anti-inflammatory properties. There are studies that have shown that omega-3s can help to reduce inflammation in conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, inflammatory bowel disease, which we had just talked about. So any issue that you're having that's causing inflammation in the body, then fish oils can help with bringing that inflammation down. Next up, we have cinnamon. So something that you probably don't even have to go out and buy something that you probably already have, but adding a little bit of cinnamon to your foods, whether that's like your oatmeal in the morning, you can even add like a tiny little bit to your tea, depending on if you would mind, you know, having the spice, but just adding a little bit of cinnamon to your diet can help to reduce inflammation because it's believed that cinnamon has anti-inflammatory properties. So there are studies that have been shown that this helps to reduce inflammation in the body, which could also then in turn reduce the risk of certain chronic diseases that are known to be associated with inflammation. Now this next supplement is something that I started taking after I had a bout with long COVID. Some of you know that I had COVID back last summer and then I dealt with the after effects of that pretty much until the end of the year. So like six or seven months of dealing with long COVID, including having pericarditis, which is like a sort of inflammation around the heart. So what I took, or one of the supplements that I took was quercetin. This supplement is known to Possibly help to protect against heart disease, and it can also help to stabilize the cells that release histamine in the body and thereby have an anti inflammatory and also anti histamine effect. So, that was the reason why I took it. It was actually recommended to me by my RD who I work with for my clients, but once I was dealing with COVID, I reached out to her and was like, Hey, is there anything that I should be taking? And this was one of the things that she recommended. And I actually just recently stopped taking it because all of those issues have. resolved but I would definitely recommend Quercetin, if you're looking for something for inflammation. Now, let's look at supplements for your weight loss journey, for your fitness journey, for your muscle building and toning journey. Okay. First thing I'm going to start with is something that you probably already have on hand, and that is protein powder. A protein is an essential nutrient that helps the body to build and repair muscle tissue. So, when you're trying to lose weight, it's important to make sure that you are maintaining your muscle mass while burning fat and getting enough. Protein can help you to do this by providing your body with the necessary building blocks that you need to repair and maintain the muscle tissue that you have. So again, just like we talked about in the beginning, you want to make sure you're using a quality protein powder i have one that's listed on my amazon storefront which you can definitely go and check out the one that i personally have been using more recently is by the brand birdman and i'm starting to realize that maybe that brand is not sold in the US or is not like really well known in the US, but it is a vegan protein powder. And I am not vegan, but the reason that I use that one is because my body is sensitive to whey protein. So you kind of have to play around with it and see what protein powder works best for you. Just because you had a poor experience or you experienced like digestive issues after you had a protein powder, doesn't mean that a protein supplement won't work for you. It may just mean that that type of protein Supplement does not work for you. So, for me, I can't do whey, so I do vegan based protein powders. And again, the one I like is Birdman. It may be a little bit more difficult to get in the US, but it is on my Amazon storefront. It just may require international shipping. And I also listed some other ones that I do know that you can readily get in the US. The next supplement is going to be creatine. Creatine, I feel like, has been a hot topic, especially as of recently. And I feel like it kind of has its moments. Like, Every few years or so, it comes up again. But creatine is one of the most well-researched supplements that we have in terms of its safety and also in terms of its ability to help you with muscle growth. What I will say is that if you are someone who is thinking about taking creatine, you have to, number one, make sure that you don't have any current kidney issues going on. So definitely... Check that, make sure that all of your levels are fine before you start to take creatine. But also, I would say make sure that you are already working out quite a bit. I mean, you should be lifting at least four days a week and you should be lifting pretty intensely and heavily for creatine to benefit you. If you're someone who does not lift weights regularly or you're not consistent, if you're someone who's not lifting heavy weights, um then I would say that this may be a bit of an advanced product for you. I also think that this is a product that is kind of tough for beginners to take because it is going to cause you to gain weight on the scale. And that is because the creatine draws the water into your muscles and when that happens, it's going to reflect as a gain on the scale. So you have to be someone who understands body composition, who can get through that initial period. Like some people, when they start taking creatine, they may feel a little bit bloated. You have to be able to get through those initial kind of phases before you can start to see the benefits. And you also have to be lifting regularly enough and heavy enough to see the benefits for creatine. So creatine is thought to improve strength, increase lean muscle mass, and it also helps the muscles to recover more quickly during exercise. So this boost may help those who are working out to achieve bursts of speed and energy, especially during short bouts of high intensity activities such as weightlifting. Weightlifting is a or can be a higher intensity activity. It just depends again on how heavy you're lifting, how frequently you're lifting, and also your form, right? Like how well you're going through those workouts. So, something to think about. I think it's more of like an intermediate supplement, maybe not best for beginners, but maybe once you get into a regimen, this may be. something that you want to introduce the next supplement we're going to talk about are bcaas or branch chain amino acids these are known to help with increasing muscle growth decreasing muscle soreness reducing exercise fatigue, preventing muscle wasting, so like losing the muscle, and also can help benefit some people with liver disease. There are some studies out on that. But BCAAs, I am not currently taking, but I have taken them before. I do like to take this product intra-workout. Some people like to take it post-workout. It's really up to you. You can use it as a post-workout recovery drink, and I think it works really well that way. But also intra-workout, if you get to like the mid Point of your workout, and you're feeling kind of drained, having a little bit of BCAAs in your shaker bottle can be helpful. I think that also is kind of like an intermediate level in terms of like a supplemental product, versus all the other ones I think are more kind of for everyone. You don't really need BCAAs if you aren't fully pushing yourself in the gym, if you haven't quite gotten to that level yet. So, I would say, in terms of just saving a little bit of money, maybe skip out on the BCAAs and creatine if you're brand new and everything else I would consider putting into your supplement rotation. So now you have a bit of an idea about supplements that can be used for general wellness, for beginners, also supplements for muscle growth, and even some supplements that can be used for inflammation. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Worth the Weight. Remember, if this episode or any of our episodes have helped you, please consider leaving us a five-star review. You can screenshot the episode, tag us on IG at Worth the Weight Podcast, or tag me at Cookie Miller, and we will be sure to repost. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.